0: This is the Ty Butler Show
1: on 98.7 ESPN.
2: If you're at City Field right now, how happy are you? I just saw Jacob, he's a Met fan, throwing his hands up in the air in the control room because they just got the win 6-4 of the final score. Edwin Diaz, a 6-out save tonight against the Braves. So that lead is up to five games in the division as the Mets take care of business. The first of not one, not two, not three, but five games this weekend. Against the defending champion, Atlanta Braves. So it's a big series at City Field. I'm excited for it. The Met fans have to feel uh, really good about the chance to pretty much put this team away. Uh, a team that uh, you once led 10 and a half games in the division. As I mentioned, it's now five. It was four coming into tonight. You can put them away. Win four games, go for a five-game sweep. You, you can essentially end the division race. So we'll talk about the Mets uh, as we progress through tonight. That's a big victory for them. Carlos Carrasco with the, with the win. Uh, Pete Alonso big offensively tonight, had a home run. And also Vogelback he, he hit another one. After a grand slam against the Nationals, he hit a, another shot tonight. And the Mets get the victory 6-4. to four. We will talk about the Yankees. Do they have a Garrett Cole problem? The ace of the staff, is he a question mark, heading into October? That is going to be a story we follow over the last two months of the regular season because there is no path to the Yankees winning a championship that does not include him being not just good but great elite. So we're going to do a lot of baseball tonight, get into some football. I've got the Hall of Fame game on my television screen, the The Vegas Raiders Against the Jacksonville Jaguars, twenty to nothing. LV is on top right now, as they head into halftime. It's football adjacent, not really. Uh, we're knocking on the door of some real football. The Jets get underway next Friday night. Uh, game you can listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN. It's going to be an exciting. It can be an exciting season for both your New York football Giants and the New York Jets, just because we'll be going through season-long evaluations at the quarterback position for both Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. So we'll get into some football tonight as well, maybe some basketball as well. There are reports out there that if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, it has to make you feel pretty good or a lot better than you did a couple of weeks ago when Kevin Durant came out and demanded a trade when it looked like Kyrie Irving was on his way out, so uh there's some uh, a bit of news tonight that has come out that could kind of make you more optimistic about your situation if you are a Nets fan, so we'll get into that as well. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at ty d Butler on Instagram as well Ty Butler and join the phone conversation eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six so let's start with the Mets as i mentioned uh this is a a, a huge series for them. And that not only can you put the Braves away, but it's a it's a litmus test for a, a team that isn't battle-tested. Um, we are now seven years removed from this team last winning a playoff game, and that was 2015 in the World Series. It uh, was that game three against the Royals. They haven't won a playoff game since 2015, and... A year later, they were bouncing that wild card game against the Giants. Since then, it's been oh, nothing but disaster for the Mets. Last year, they had that collapse. Once Jacob deGrom went down this season, things feel differently because you have uh, a manager in Buck Showalter who has seen uh, uh, successful teams, haven't uh, hasn't been on top as a champion before, but he's been at the helm. Uh, the Yankees. You know, were watching this Derek Jeter documentary. The, the year before they won the title in '96, that started that dynastic run. Showalter was the manager. Uh, he he was the manager in Arizona as well, uh, in Baltimore, and they made the playoffs. So you feel better about your situation as a Met fan that you're going to elude what in many years has been a, a, a late year collapse, just because you feel good about your manager and the team is talented. With Lindor and Alonzo, who, by the way, Alonzo, if not for Aaron Judge being on an historic pace, chasing a a home run record held by Roger Maris, many feel like if he does pass him at 61 and and sets it at 62 or higher, they're going to— Recognize that as the home run record, just because he's clean, and you don't want to really include Bonds and Sosa and, and, and McGuire because those guys uh, were on PEDs. If not for Judge being as outstanding as he's been this year, Pete Alonso would be getting a lot more love, and certainly would be in the MVP conversation if he isn't already. Hit his twenty eighth home run last night. That's fifth in all of baseball. He's second in RBIs, 88. He's got an OPS of 901. Alonzo has been incredible this year for a team that continues to dominate. Continues to dominate. Every time we expect the Mets to take a step backward because that's just what we've known them to be, allergic to success. Getting late into the season, here comes the collapse. They just prove time and time again they're ready for it. And we're not going to overreact to one game against the Braves, but this is a stretch where you're going to play them nine times in the next week and a half or so. This was a big game. This was one that you had to have, especially after you give Carrasco a five nothing lead. The Braves start coming back. Edwin Diaz has to come in to the game in the eighth inning to close it out for a six inning save. It was a game you had to get, and the Mets got it. So you got to give credit to them because this was a step in the direction of putting Atlanta away in that division. I vehemently reject this idea that, and Rothenberg, who, if you're familiar with me, you've heard me produce his show on Saturday mornings, I think a lot of Met fans are in the same camp as him when they consider that it wouldn't be that catastrophic if they lost this division lead, because you would still get in as a wild card. And if you have a healthy DeGrom and Scherzer, you feel like you have the ammunition needed to beat anyone. I I just don't know if I agree with that. In fact, I disagree with it vehemently because there is a, a, a big difference between winning this division and getting in as a wild card. You win this division, you get a first round bye. And for two aging starters in DeGrom and Scherzer, having that extra bit of rest, not having to go through the arduousness of a a three-game series in that opening round, that's pretty significant. That's pretty significant. And, by the way, on June 1st, when they led ten and a half games, I said the division was over. I said it was done. And a lot of, you know, even Met fans attacked me because, they, again, the the ghost of seasons past haunting them in a sense of we've seen this movie before not end the way that we had hoped for. So it's like you're you're jinxing them. No, I said the division race was over, and I still stand by that. But if you do, in fact, blow what was a ten-and-a-half game lead in the final three months of the season, that can ultimately affect your psyche for, for a team that hasn't experienced success together. And for one, that is in a division competing against a Braves club that won the title last year. So I, I think winning this is important. You you can't blow this lead. And if you do, I, I just don't know that even with a healthy DeGrom and Scherzer, you would be able to overcome the likes of the Braves, the, the, the Dodgers, and the Padres on the heels of blowing that, that significant of a lead. Uh, so, a big win for the Mets tonight. DeGrom returned this week. I think the biggest question mark for them remaining this season is the health of DeGrom, because if he's going to survive, they absolutely can, can win the title. The offense is built for October. They've got a lot of power and, and a lot of stardom there. The rotation, though, is what separates them from everyone. And if you've got Scherzer and DeGrom at the top, you feel great about every single series that you're in because those are your two pitchers, and you're going to get four starts out of them in a seven-game series. So if you're a Met fan, it, it really rests on the shoulder, the arm, the elbow of Jacob deGrom. Because conversely, if, if he's not able to stay healthy the rest of the way, then there's a good chance they can be one and done in the playoffs, which would be an absolute failure for them this year. Is it championship robust? I don't know if I can go that far in year one of what's been a tremendous season or what's been a, a tremendous turnaround for the organization. But at the very least, don't you have to get to the championship series? Maybe even the World Series. I I, I would say that that question is yes. I don't know that you have to win a championship this year. But you can't be one and done. You can't be done in the, in the wild card around the division series. And then we come out of this feeling good if you're a Mets fan. So a lot of Mets on the table tonight. They get the win tonight, 6-4, the final score at Citi Field against the Braves. Their division lead is up to five games. And you've got, um, in a five-game series, all your pitchers are going to uh, gonna go. So Taiwan Walker tomorrow. You'll get Scherzer in the first half of that doubleheader on Saturday. And then you'll have DeGrom on Sunday. So it'll be the first time we've seen Jacob DeGrom since he's returned. Looked really good uh, against the Nationals. Unfortunately, the Mets, just like in the past we've seen before, not able to get some runs across for him. But it wasn't his fault. He was great. He was dominant. And if he pitches well, then the Mets are definitely going to be a player this October. So we'll get more into the Mets. Got to talk about the Yankees as uh, as well with Garrett Cole and that horrific start that he had yesterday against the Mariners. This was a a day off that even Yankee fans needed because they've been struggling as of late. They'll be back in action tomorrow in St. Louis taking on the Cardinals. But hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. We'll get to your phone calls coming up next. Uh, We're going until midnight tonight. Going until midnight tonight. Excited to be with you. We'll talk some Yankees, Mets, football, basketball, all on the table right here on 98.7 ESPN. So just to give you an illustration of what's going on here in the studio, I've got Mets post-game. We've got four televisions here. Mets post-game is on one. The Hall of Fame game between the Raiders and the Jags is on another. Uh, On the fourth television, it's blank. But on the third one, it's the Jeter documentary, The Captain, and they are now going through the highlights of that 2009 World Series. And – what I love about this documentary, obviously I'm a Yankees fan and Derek Jeter is my all-time favorite baseball player. With this documentary, I was skeptical about it because I didn't I just didn't know like as much as I love Derek Jeter, I didn't know how interesting he was and how much it was going to pop in a documentary considering like he was so private. But what I found is there are so many things that I just didn't remember happening. And in that 2009 World Series, I completely forgot that, you know, with CC on the mound in Game 1 at Yankee Stadium, they lost that game. So essentially, you're now in a must-win Game 2 against the defending champion, Phillies. And Jimmy Rollins, remember, coming into that series, and did all that trash talking, and he had every right to be as the defending champs. So they're in a must-win Game 2, and just going back to that time, remembering how I felt, there it was, it was just a tremendous level of anxiety. Uh, they're on to win that series, of course. Hideki Matsui is the uh, World Series MVP, so they're celebrating. But I, I just going back, you remember Jay-Z and Alicia Keys performed at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Empire State of Mind, Jay-Z, fun fact, only his, the only number one song he's ever had, which is a disgrace um, for the greatest rapper of all time, My Guy. He should have gone number one on many other songs. But neither here nor there. I, I just had forgotten that they lost game one. So I'm watching this. And it's so funny, like, you're rooting for things to happen even though you know it already happened. The Yankees going to win the series. So take that, Philadelphia. Uh, on the Yankees, though, so mentioning CeCe Zabathia, remember, he was the ace of that staff. The Yankees, their ace, right now, Garrett Cole seems to be struggling. Seems to be struggling right now. Aaron Boone was on the Michael K. show earlier today. And he was asked about, Gerrit Cole's bad outing yesterday, and here's what he told uh, Peter Rosenberg and Donald Greco.
1: He's really frustrated and, and certainly looking for answers because,
2: you know, around
1: certainly yesterday, I mean it's, I mean it's five ace-like innings. You know, it's it's settling in and it's it's kind of dominant. So it's a head scratcher that a guy, you know, <clears throat> as good as he is, you know, can you know has been hurt sometimes by that big inning where they just kind of tee off a little bit like that first inning so you know we're going to continue to dive in with him. the one thing is he's thrown the ball really really well like his stuff is not an issue like the you know profiles of all his pitches are elite and um and then once he gets settled and going um you know even in these games where he struggled it's been really really good so we've got to We've gotta build on that, but we've gotta we've gotta do a better job. all of us you know are included out in of limiting you know that big inning.
2: Aaron Boone would make an excellent press secretary the way he's able to sell like even in the midst of what was a terrible outing for Garrett Cole. he's able to pitch to you this no pun intended this idea that he still has great stuff hey and I really like Aaron Boone as a manager. Uh, we Yankee fans don't want to hear about his stuff we just care about results when the team signed him to a nine-year $324 million contract in hopes of him being the missing ingredient to a team that hasn't won a championship in 13 years uh, no one really was excited about his stuff like we want to see results we want to see him go out there and dominate and for Garrett Cole it's five times this year he's given up at least five runs. That's not ace like stuff. So I I do wonder if there are Yankee fans out there. You can hit me up on Twitter at Ty D Butler or call us up eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Is it officially time to panic about Garrett Cole? Do the Yankees have a Garrett Cole problem? Because there are certain metrics out there that you can point to that says he's simply not the same pitcher they thought that they were acquiring. Just this season, we can look at his ERA right now is at three point five six. Well, that's his worst ERA since twenty seventeen, his last year with Pittsburgh. That's five years ago. The stat that you know all the, the baseball uh, experts use now, ERA plus, which is adjusted to the player's ballpark league average, is at one hundred. Right now, Garrett Cole's at 107. So he's only seven points above league average uh, as far as his ERA plus is concerned. What does that mean contextually? Let's go back to his time with the Astros in 2018. His ERA plus was 144. 2019, when he finished, what, fourth in—actually finished second in Cy Young. He got some MVP votes. He was an all-star that year. 2019, it was at 185. This year, he's at 107. So he's just simply not the same pitcher. And it would be one thing for us to endure this or endure this during the regular season and, and treat it as, as it is in, in one year. But fresh off of what happened in October, Yankee fans don't really want to hear about his great stuff. We want to see results. And Garrett Cole isn't being paid to go out there and do well enough for his manager to come out after the game and say, well, this stuff was good outside of one inning. Now, Garrett Cole just has simply not been anything close to what Yankee fans expected that he was going to be. And, I mean, to be fair, I, I don't know that there was anything he was going to be able to do this regular season to quiet the noise of what happened in Fenway Park last year in October. But he's certainly not making the case that he is more ready for big games. There is a lot of pressure on not just him, but the entire team. And it starts and ends— with your best starter, Garrett Cole simply has not been good enough, and that's something that if you're a Yankee fan, you have to be concerned about, and if you're not, you're either not paying attention or you're just lying. Brian Cashman, also on the K-Show earlier today, was asked if he's worried about Cole in the post-Spider Tech baseball.
1: I think the whole industry had to make some adjustments I mean, about whatever was going on, So, uh, but he's pitched his tail off this year you know uh and has been you know obviously up until you know i like our i think our entire staff uh recently in the month of july i mean they were flying high uh and all pitching to such a high level so um and that includes garrett cole so uh, which we're used to seeing so um you know i think the whole industry had to make an adjustment uh to that and 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 then you move forward
2: yeah, I mean, so he's pitched his tail off this year. I just gave you three different stats that shows you that it's the worst he's been in five years. But uh, sure, pitched his tail. Off. Let's go to the phone lines. Batting lead off, Anthony in the mail truck. Talk to him. What's up, bro?
3: Hi. What's going on, brother? How are you? Hi, at me, man. What's good? What's good? So you you just got me real hot on on Garrett Cole. Um, I I I I'm not panicking, but at the same time. I'm not in the slightest like excited for a game one of the playoffs with him on the mound. I'm going to be holding my breath just like Mets fans with Jacob Degrom every start.
2: Yeah, but at least I'm what, gonna... yeah, it's a solid to At least with Met fans, what you know is if Jacob Degrom is the health is the question mark. Now it's a big question mark because he just simply over the last couple of years hasn't been healthy. But if right. he's able to show you that he can do it and survive the season, at no point during this run are you going to fe- um, fear him just completely imploding on the mound, which is different for the Yankees. Like, Garrett Cole is not a health question mark. It's a performance question mark.
3: Correct. And, and you know, like, everyone everyone loves to say, but it's, it's true. Ever since Spider Tack went away, he's been not the same pitcher that we signed him for. And, you know, to... To uh, Aaron Boone's interview uh, earlier today on the Michael K Show, I don't understand how he says his stuff was good yesterday. I watched every single pitch that he threw. Every single flat fastball, whether it was 98 or 100, was flat. And every single curveball that he threw, what, he couldn't locate it. He can't locate any of his pitches. And my big thing is, you look at any pitcher from that Astros team in 2017, 2018, Who's the only guy left standing? Verlander. Justin Verlander. <laughs> Everyone else fell off a cliff. And I wonder why. I mean, Verlander had it in Detroit. So, you know, maybe he was just the one that, you know, didn't get affected. I don't know. Ty, it's going to be a pleasure listening to you until 12 o'clock. Thanks for taking my call, brother. Of Have course, a good night. Of
2: course, man. Uh, you always bring the fire. We love it. Uh, so you brought up Justin Verlander. He's 15-3 and with a one seven three ERA. Like, it just defies logic. What he's doing, not just at his advanced age, but post-injury uh, with the Tommy John surgery, is just nothing short of sensational. And I, like, remember, when you go back to that 2017 season when the Astros were able to win the title— Prior, the biggest move they made ahead of the championship run was trading for Justin Verlander, which the Yankees were also in on, and they just didn't do it. They didn't pull the trigger. Justin Verlander could have been a Yankee. Now he goes, it looked like he was falling off of a cliff nearing retirement. He goes to Houston, and all of a sudden his career, you know, turns around. But what he's been able to do is just amazing. But back to Cole. I don't know how you could be a Yankee fan out there and don't at least feel angst headed into what is going to be a, a, a monumental October. And every October for the Yankees, as we're listening to the Geer documentary, he says, if you don't win a championship, it's a failure. It's, it's that way every year. But Aaron Boone signed into a contract. Uh, that the organization went out there this past offseason and didn't make the splashy moves, but they did what they felt was necessary to get this team to the next level. They started off hot. We, we, we kind of went crazy comparing them to the 98 team, which which uh, at some point we had to realize it never made sense, but it was fun to do in real time just because the team was so electric. Aaron, Aaron Judge is, to me, the MVP of the league. You've got Garrett Cole. There's a lot of talent on this team. You have to win in October every year, but there's a lot more pressure this season considering what happened to you against the Red Sox this past year. And with the Mets, your crosstown rivals ascending toward not just relevancy but contention, you can't you can't go out there and bow out quickly while Steve Cohen's Mets, as they continue to spend, get much better. That's just not... Previously, it wasn't sitting well. When the Mets were bad, it wasn't sitting well with the Yankee fan base. So imagine, imagine now that it feels like they're, at least to some degree, catching up to you as far as relevancy and contending for championships. I just, like, I'm excited about the run. I still feel great about this team. And, and Dave Dave gets annoyed because after you know Yankees win games, I'm on Twitter boasting about it. I feel great about the Yankees and, and so does Vegas. You go look at the odds, futures bets and, and the Yankees and it's like the Yankees and the Dodgers are kind of toying with that championship belt right now as far as who's the, the favorite to win the championship. And I, I understand it's a flawed team and, and we're going to be sounding the alarm the alarms on Garrett Cole the rest of the way. I still feel great about them. I just wonder if, if you if you're a Yankee fan, where you stand on this. So hit me up on Twitter at Tidy Butler. Hit us up on the phones eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We will get to some more football. Uh, Chad Cinco said something today about Zach Wilson that I mean, initially it drove me nuts, but then I wondered like why why would we overreact to what he said? So we'll play that audio for you coming up. We're going until midnight right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. <laughs> Let's get back to the phone calls. Charlie in Long Island wants to weigh in here. Charlie, what's up, man? How you doing?
0: Hey, hey how's it going, man? I just wanted to make a, a quick point about Garrett Cole. I feel like it's kind of a double negative because it's not only is he not performing well, but I feel like the dollar amount we're paying is is kind of hamstringing us with the with the, uh, the 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 judge negotiations. I feel like that's part of why he might walk is because we're looking at that contract and saying we can't add another like four hundred and fifty million on top of what we're already paying. This mediocre
2: pitcher. I mean, uh, well, he's not. I, I wouldn't go as far to call him mediocre. I appreciate the call, Charlie. I, I mean, so here's the thing. I, I think that sometimes, as as Yankee fans, we we've, we've been so brainwashed into thinking that this this team is like a small market, like they're, they're Kansas City Royals. The idea that the Yankees can't afford to pay both Cole and Judge is, is so is baffling to me. I believe the, Cow- the Forbes just put out a list where the Cowboys have surpassed them as the most valuable sports franchise. But the Yankees are still worth billions and billions of dollars. They can absolutely afford to pay Cole and Judge. I think the problem with Judge is the age. So he's going to be 31 when he gets his new contract, and if he wants 9 or 10 years, I don't think the Yankees are willing to go that far. Are they going to pay him $400 million? I, I, I don't know if it's I, – I wouldn't say Cole is the one that's going to hamstring them in, in terms of being able to pay Judge. I think it's more about the durability issues prior to last season because, remember, he has spent most of his career with health concerns. Whether it was you know being hit by a pitch or running into a wall, he, he just couldn't stay on the field. Now, last year, he was able to do it. And this year, he's been so so incredible. I think he's the MVP. I, I don't think you can give Otani the MVP when that team's not going to play a meaningful game in the last four months of the season. Judge, to me, without question, is the most valuable player in baseball. And if you're the Yankees, it, it, it's I, I get that it's part of negotiating, and you don't want to be fiscally irresponsible to the point where you're mortgaging your future by paying a guy who's who's aging, and toward the back end of the contract, we know it's not gonna it's not gonna be worth it. But I would argue your future is now, and and particularly because it's in an organization that for it, the entirety of its existence has prided itself on employing Hall of Fame players and doing so en route to winning championships, the Yankees, 13 years removed from their last World Series appearance, you're going to allow this guy who's on the cusp of winning an MVP to walk and it come down to money? How's that going to sit with your fan base? I I just think that it's bad for business. So if I'm a Yankee fan, though, I wouldn't worry about the judge contract now. You have uh, until November— to get there, I'm worried about this team winning a championship, and this might be the best opportunity they've had since Girardi was fired at the at the conclusion of that 2017 season. Because I think this is, this probably is the best team they've had since then. But there are, there are question marks that extend beyond Garrett Cole. It's not just him. The bullpen, Clay Holmes, he's an All Star reliever, and for much of the year, we were calling him the best reliever in baseball. But he's been roughed up a few times, and he doesn't have that postseason experience where you just feel great about him in every situation that he's going to go out there and be a part of. I think the best case scenario would be for Aldis Chapman to find himself, and for them to uh, create a path to him getting back into that closure spot where Clay Holmes can now become your eighth inning guy. I, I, I the the bullpen they and they did add you know, F. Ross and and Lou Trevino at the trade deadline. So it's going to bolster you. But Chapman, you got to figure him out. This guy is still an important piece to the puzzle. And if you can get him to to be anything close to what he was before he completely fell apart, that would be huge for this team. Eric in Manhattan wants to chime in on 98.7 ESPN. What's up?
0: Uh, what's up, Ty? Um, first, I'm a Mets fan, so uh, sorry to hear that. But man. I just wanted to <laughs> no, just uh, not, this N- not this, this year. Not this year. It's okay. <laughs> um, but I, I did just want to agree with you. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not one of those. I used. To... Uh, it's just. I mean, I'm 40 years old. I'm over that. But uh, I definitely have to agree with you. Um, Aaron Judge is without question the MVP in, in the American League. Uh, I don't. I don't think you can argue that
2: yeah i mean this this the yeah, i'll, I'll let ahead. you I'll, I'll let you continue with your Mets point but with the season he's putting together for a team that at worst is uh, or has the second best odds to win the championship it's it's hard it's really hard for me to argue that otani as great as he is and he's able to do it at the plate and on the mound he is a spectacular baseball player but when we're looking at the mvp judge what he's added to this team in pursuit of winning a championship to me just matters more over the course of a season than what Otani's doing on a bad team. But go ahead, continue your point about the Mets. I
0: think it's kinda of like the basketball argument, right? Like you could give the MVP to LeBron James every year. But there are guys that just step up and have
2: better performances, yeah. Where and, you can't argue it. And right. I, and I think and at I think some Ohtani point is that way. and I think at some point we like we should have the award be better defined. Because if Trout right. and Otani are, are going to just win MVPs every year for an Angels team that stinks, like I don't feel like it's doing a good job telling the story. Like The MVP is supposed to help tell the story of that season, just like the Cy Young, just like all of these awards. I don't know if we're doing a great job telling the story of the season by awarding players on just miserable teams. But go ahead. What, what do you got to say about right. the Mets?
0: Um, I was a little, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the win. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, with the ground back, but I I was a little, I'm one of the Mets fans. I was a little upset that they sat on their hands at the deadline. I mean, uh, you know, this is a, I feel like this is a win now type of team. All the teams that are in the race got better. Uh, even, even the Yankees, they got better by subtraction, just getting rid of Gallo. Um, you know, Houston got got a lot better with Mancini and Vasquez. I mean, the Padres, obviously. The list goes on, and the Mets kind of sat on their hands. Um, so if if they didn't, you know, if they if they're not going to make a move at the deadline, and you don't want to move any of these uh, top prospects that you have, then let's see them because it, Alvarez can't be any worse than what you have at the catcher position right now. Comes up and he's in a slump because it's you know it's the major leagues and rookie growing pains and stuff like that, it can't be any worse being at that position. So, I mean, you know, I was a little upset they didn't make a move. I get it. You're adding DeGrom. It's like adding an ace. But, you know, I feel like they should have been a little bit more all in to try to go out and win this year because, you know, it's, it's there. I mean, the, the two you can argue the two best teams in baseball in the American League.
2: Yeah, and um, I, I appreciate I feel, the I – I feel like
0: we're close with the Dodgers. I feel like we're right there.
2: You are right there, and I appreciate the call, Eric. You are right there. I think the Mets and a lot a, a lot of Mets fans feel underwhelmed coming out of that trade deadline because you were expecting, like, a big splash. Josh Bell was, was the name that had been rumored to join this team, and he goes to, to San Diego as part of the uh, Juan Soto trade. So you don't end up getting him. Now, Volga back. You acquire him, and he's and this was prior to the trade deadline, but you acquire him, and now you've added him to this lineup. He's hit two home runs in the last couple of days, so it's helped bolster that DH position for you. But I feel you, and if you're a Met fan, I understand the thought process behind being disappointed and what the team did or didn't do at the deadline. But what they can sell you on is Jacob deGrom, him being your quote-unquote deadline acquisition because he hadn't pitched for you in over a year. And now all of a sudden he is still the best pitcher in baseball, and he's in theory going to be able to help you get to October and through it, and hopefully win a championship. So that that can that can be how you look at the deadline. If like if you're a Met fan, I get it, but come on, your your team has been special this year, and if we get to the end of the season, and the difference between. You getting to the World Series, you know, overcoming the Padres and the Dodgers and the Braves, the difference between you being able to do that and being one and done in the, in the postseason was your lack of flexibility at the deadlines, and I hear you. But right now, you're rooting for a team that has the fourth best record in all of baseball. And they are fourth in run differential. You've got Scherzer and Degrom. You've got you know Pete Alonso, who could be in the MVP conversation. Uh, Lindor has been great. Edwin Diaz might be the best reliever in baseball. You've got a lot going for you, and it should be enough to to put you on that path to making some noise in October. Now, you know, folks will tell you it's a crapshoot. It comes down to bats getting high at the right time, but I think you've at least given yourself a chance. And maybe part of why you didn't really need all that much at the deadline was because you hit it out the park this past off season, And so far, it's been pretty good. More of your phone calls coming up at the top of the hour. We're going to get into some football as well. Uh, talk some Katie and Kyrie Irving uh, after 11 o'clock as well. Ty D. Butler. On Twitter, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. That's on Twitter and Instagram, 800 More of your phone calls coming up right here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm always reminded of how much it infuriated me when we made this transition from the plastic bags to the paper bags and then those reusable bags. As Kazim points out on Twitter... Um, supermarkets selling us bags that we'll never reuse is the ultimate scam. So I'm just reminded of my trip to to Stop and Shop the other day. Those paper bags just don't work.
4: Oh, I, I absolutely hate them.
2: They don't. You're walking back to your apartment in your house, and, and it's rip. It's coming apart at the bottom. Like you, you look just dumb walking. You just look dumb walking, trying to save you. You got the eggs in there, the bread. You've got glass bottles. It's just a mess. And every time I go to the supermarket, I'm reminded of how much I hate those those paper bags that don't work. They're so cheap. It's a big scam. They want want you to buy the reusable ones that you convince yourself you're going to use them, but then you store them away somewhere. You forget about them. You're not going to actually leave them in your car and take them with you to the supermarket. I was just
4: about to tell you that you got to do what I do. I get a bunch of TJ Maxx and Target bags. I just leave them in my car. Whenever I go, I'll just take them because literally those... Those paper bags, I probably get right outside the store before they start breaking down on
2: me. It, exactly, exactly, and I feel like they make them that way on purpose. And I, I'm just so embarrassed that you know people are watching me walk back to my apartment with bags that are, are ripping from the bottom, and and it's it's just so embarrassing. But I just feel like there's there's something about. Like, walking into a supermarket with bags, like, it just feels awkward. It just feels weird. I don't feel like that's supposed to be the case. Like, it's supposed to be set up where I get to, you know, have my, my groceries rung up. You put them in a bag, and I walk out, and we good. I don't understand why we got to do the whole paper bag thing. I just I just don't get it.
4: I think what you need to do is, and I don't know if this is me passing on a new hustle, uh
2: I always love a new hustle. This, we should do that. You should make that a segment, new
4: hustle conversation. I mean, you if you should be that guy to wait outside with bags waiting for people to go in. Because who? How many times have you gone to the grocery store like, oh, man, I forgot a bag?
2: All right, now, are we, so you say hustle, which implies that we're selling said bags.
4: Oh, absolutely. Why now, would we be giving free bags away?
2: How much are the reusable bags at the stores? Aren't they like 50 cent?
4: Yeah, but think about this. How many... You gotta get like two to three reusable bags just to fill up that big order when you can just get one big bag from us and get
2: everything. I feel you. And you know what's so you know what's so crazy too? So I'm (laughs) this is actually embarrassing. But so that the the paper bags are like twenty five cents. And I'm always like, you know what? I probably need, probably need like four or five and I'm only get two to save 50 cents why are we why are we saving quarters just just get the, the six bags that you need but they're gonna fall apart anyway they're gonna rip anyway it doesn't even matter but I like this new hustle we might we might be onto to something yeah
4: I mean new segment alert I'm I'm with that I
2: like it I like it we might we might have to debut that later on in the show uh let's go back to the phone calls the Mets once again win tonight. They took the first of a five-game series against the Braves, 6-4. Carlos Carrasco was good. It had a one mistake uh, to Acuna Jr. Uh, gave up that home run, but for the most part, pretty good performance for him. Uh, the, the Met offense obviously showed up. Edwin Diaz continues his stellar season as one of, if not the best, closers in baseball, came in for a six-out save, and he got it done. So the Mets trying to distance themselves this weekend from the Braves. They are now up one, two, three, four, five games in the loss column. And Taiwan Walker is going to be on the mound tomorrow. You'll have Scherzer and DeGrom, obviously, in this series as well. We go to Queens and we say hello to Mike. Mike, what's up?
5: Uh, Good evening. Uh, How are you?
2: I'm doing great, man. I hope you're doing well too. I hope you're doing well. I know sometimes you call in and you're a little down, so give me some energy tonight. Give me some energy. I need some well, I need I'm gonna bite my
5: tongue because you know why I might be down some days. Okay, the clock strikes ten o'clock, and you know what happens to me. But I'll, I'll stop there. But uh, uh, two years, two years, same same stuff. But uh, the Mets, the offense, you know, uh, Vogelbach, uh, Nyquen. You know, I guess if I was a Mets fan I could maybe swallow that. You know, Dave a grand slam for Bogelbach yesterday, night quinty home runs. You know, like so too, that was a pipe dream. Probably Mancini was, was a pipe dream. The first Station Just probably up a pipe dream, but the catcher I would as a as a Mets fan, seeing that they wouldn't call up Alvarez, that would probably get me upset. But uh the bull, but as a Mets fan, the bullpen and I know Edwin Diaz, two innings tonight. But as a Mets fan, come playoff time, I know Adivino had some good moments this year, but he's also had some bad moments, okay? He's also blown some games. Uh, Seth Lugo, he's been Jekyll and Hyde. Some good moments, some bad moments. Drew Smith, he was, he, he was the best guy, but then you know he struggled and now he's injured. As a Mets fan, the best reliever is Michael Gibbons. I mean, you let David Robinson go to Philadelphia – I mean, and plus they got no listen got too, which is not a, that's not a loss. But the point is, how can the Mets, the bullpen, a major issue, the biggest issue, and you, Michael Gibbons, because as a Mets fan, come full time, Seth Lugo, Arnavino, Drew Smith, I'm going to cross my fingers, say a prayer, Hail Mary, cross my toes, too, and my eyes, because I don't trust them. They have bad moments, and I'm still going to be like, oh, God, here we go again. They needed more help. And the best is Michael Gibbons. I mean, <laughs> I don't, this bullpen, it, everybody's his one guy. Yeah. One
2: I mean, man. Do, he pitched he well too. Adovino has pitched well too. And as you mentioned, Seth Lugo, yeah, there have been some moments, but for the most part, he, he's been pretty reliable. Is the bullpen a strength right now to the point where you feel great about going up against the, the Dodgers and, and the Padres and the Braves and those lineups? Probably not. But, what you lose in your bullpen as far as quality and confidence, you gain in your rotation because you could argue you have one of the best rotations in, in all of baseball. And those are guys that can give you some length. Wow. I mean,
5: uh, if they go seven innings, uh, seven, eight, eight, eight innings, yeah, but uh, I still – I I just if, – if I was a Mets fan – just give me one shutdown reliever, just one, and you can't get that. It's just, I mean, you have you you know you have to have some prospects you want to trade. Just one reliever, and that's all I wanted. And Michael Gibbons is not the one reliever.
2: I get it, I get it. And as I mentioned in the last segment, very underwhelming at the trade deadline, but you're still good enough to contend for a championship. You are still one of the best teams in baseball, and if you employ Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer. I like your chances.
1: This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.